There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. And I know I speak for Spencer when I say this. I hope everyone listening is is warm and well and doing the best they can. Hello, Spencer. How are you? Uh, warm. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, w- I will consider ourselves lucky. And this Agreed. round of power outages and winter weather, we didn't, we, we never, we, at 9, 11 PM on Tuesday, the 16th, we have not lost power. Knock on wood. Correct. So uh, the, same with my house here in Lubbock. Uh, my mom did lose power for about an hour this morning. I know there were some rolling blackouts this morning as of Tuesday, but um, my office was dark when I showed up. But by I think 10 or 1030, that was over. And I I know they went to EEA two right as we started recording. So there's a chance they could go up to three again tomorrow morning. Who knows? But we will um, we will definitely count ourselves lucky for not having uh, gone through any sort of outage so far. Yeah. Outside of running the podcast equipment here, uh, trying to do our, 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 our share and reducing power load here. Um, I'm how, how many dishes you got piled up over there, bud? <laughs> so the dishwasher is loaded, ready to go, but I have not <laughs> been able to run it. And today was, was no, normally our, our laundry day. We skipped laundry day today. Um, I've got yeah. plenty of clean clothes. I'm fine. But, um, the one thing I'm washing here and there, but we're even conflicted on that. Like just with the hot water, we're kind of going, well, should, should we, should, I don't know. I don't know. Should we hand wash how much we're just, we're just rolling through it, man. <laughs> So we are not running the dishwasher. Our heating appliances, uh, our heater and our hot water heater on gas. So I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned running that stuff because that's not something that we're, we've been asked to conserve as far as I know, but everything else, I I feel like, like a true dad walking around, following my six year old, turning lights off behind him. Like, dude, stop, stop leaving everything turned on. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, and it feels weird to have like sinks dripping. We've got two sinks going. Yes, I do have a, a small space heater that I've, I've, I've got the thermostat on it turned on, but I have it running in our master bathroom. We did have the pipe freeze going to our master toilet yesterday morning overnight. Nice. Did thaw. Um, so far, I haven't noticed any water damage, like if it's been leaking or anything, uh, but I've been checking inside and out. Um, the toilet's working again, so like thought enough that water's coming back through that line. It does seem a little slow. So it's like, maybe there's mm-hmm. some ice in it or maybe there is a crack or something. So anyways, past all that, the house is still powered. There's still heat. <laughs> I feel blessed in that, yeah. in that sense. I, I, I do have a, 
portable generator that we could pull out and get going if we absolutely had to, but I don't think it'll come to that. Yeah, it, it looks like, um, I mean, obviously it's still not going to get above freezing until hopefully Friday. We'll see. I think it's supposed to be 48 on Friday, last I checked. But uh, pretty fortunate here. We've we actually moved out of our master bedroom. It's always been the worst insulated room in the house. And we're living in the guest bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we have our temperature sensor because we have that Nest thermostat. We have it in, um, in uh, our daughter's room because it's one of the warmest rooms in the house. So even when we have the house set on 68, our back bedroom's like 62, 60, mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. So whenever I go back there to take a shower in the mornings, it's, it's a real wake up call to get going. Yeah. Um, sports related news. We've been on a delay. <laughs> uh, we, we've had one game canceled postponed supposedly from Saturday Baylor, but we we talked about that last week. We were supposed to have two games uh, versus TCU Monday and Wednesday. Then they both got bumped a day, Tuesday, Thursday, tonight's game got postponed. So they're just going to play the Thursday night game. Um, but having said all that, if you want to jump on the, the, on the train and follow the 23 personnel podcast, you can follow the show at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Punts Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Tonight, though, this episode, we're talking baseball because, hey, opening day is this weekend. The guys over at Dinger Derby and Redditor Dugout dropped their intro season, 2021 season intro podcast. It covers everything. I'm going to try to be brief. And pick out some highlights of that. Obviously, you need to go listen to their whole show. It is Keith Patrick, Mike Gustafson, and George Watson. All kinds of great info. Like I said, I'm going to give you just a a few highlights of that. Football, we did get the 2021 schedule. And yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. (laughs) And then, of course, (laughs) basketball. Um, TCU games, some recaps from last week. And a beard got ejected and I loved it. And a lot of old men on Twitter got really offended. <laughs> um, give you updates That's on the accurate. rankings, the schedule projections, questions of what we learned. Um, before we get into all that though, Michael, mm. I, I am excited. We do have a new sponsor on the podcast. eBay sneakers. You ever bought sneakers on eBay? I have not yet. I have not. I have not. I've got to check into this now. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of trying stuff on. Um, but that's, that's just something that like a lot of people are moving away from. They, they, they kind of find their niche, their shoe that they really like. They know how it fits and they're good to go. Um, but guys from rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 and above, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for 
guess what? More sneakers. Guys, go ahead and check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And while we're talking sneakers, we wanted to remind you of our other good sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over. Sad face, sad trombone. But NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Nice pun. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%, that's 5-0% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, we have so much to get to. Let's jump right in to baseball. Yes. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. So I'm not going to lie. I was listening to the Dinger Derby podcast episode and I got so excited for baseball. I had to go back and watch the game three highlights from the super regionals in 2019 when Kurt Wilson blasted that three run home run in the eighth to take the lead once and for all to beat the pokes. Oh, it's one of those games that like will stick with me. Like I was at that game, obviously. I know I've said this a lot. This is why I wasn't saying obviously, but <laughs> it's one of those games that like I was at and 
just will always stick with me. It was crazy back and forth, getting into it with the fans at Oklahoma State, the OSU Cowboys chant, followed by the TTU chants. Um, dude, it was a blast. Can't wait for, for baseball to start up again. First pitch, opening day, delayed with this weather, but it is this weekend. Um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, down there in Arlington. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Like I said, at the top of the show, Dinger Derby released their 2021 season. First episode, uh, or however you want to call it. Cause they, they he did, um, Keith did an episode with, uh, with Rooney last week, but dude, this episode covered everything. Um, and it's an hour and six minutes and I'm going to try to get through some highlights in just a couple of minutes for you. Which obviously, you do means, which obviously means I can't get through everything, all the details, all the great scoop that they have, all of their opinions and takes. You need to go listen to that. Whatever I say, be magnified tenfold on their, their show. Go check it out. They are a, they're definitely a source of baseball information and news for the 23 Personnel Podcast. Um, one thing you need to be aware of going into 2021 is that uh, NCAA Baseball has lifted the scholarship requirements, uh, meaning you can offer what well, it used to say that you, you had to offer at least 25% scholarship to your players. Um, which meant you had, you know, you had to, a lot of figuring out to do with who got what, who was a walk on partials and all that kind of stuff. They didn't expand scholarship numbers. You're still stuck at the 11.7, which is a ridiculous number. If you ask me, like one, why is it not a, not a full number Two, yes, of a team of like 35 kids, 33% are on scholarship makes no sense. Um, but this year, well, 33% receive at least partial scholarships. Um, this year that that's been lifted. Obviously the, the eligibility from 2021 carries over like it will and basketball and football. Um, I guess to start with uh, roster updates, remi- remi- reminders. Uh, you had four transfers out of the program from 2020: Tanner Otremba, T.J. Rumfield, Bo Willis, and Jared Cushing. Um, Tanner Otremba would obviously be the one that played the most for you, uh, and then kind of de- descending there in, in playing time. T.J. Rumfield flashed a little bit. Bo Willis was a uh, in the catching rotation, but if you look at the three guys you got back there now. You can understand why he he didn't stick around. Jarrett Cushing was one of those uh, backup infielders. Again, if you look at the depth this year, you can under- understand where where he didn't break through. Other departures uh, would be from the recruiting class, signing class that were coming in that didn't make it to campus or didn't make it through fall camp. Uh, three guys, no- notably Dalton Beck, and then the Hendricks brothers, Brandon and Peyton. Um, and then if you look at injuries couple of guys or the three guys that are expected to be out all season starting pitcher Hunter Dobbins. We talked about having that UCL injury, Tommy John surgery, Jacob Rostowski, and then Austin Becker. You do have a couple other guys that are injured that you hope to have back like Cody masters and Dylan Carter. Those two guys being out definitely affect your projected starters in the outfield because of what all they've been able to do for you uh, and their, their careers here at Texas tech. Um, so 
let's see. I'm trying to figure out if I should go to the projected starters first and then talk about, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about the projected starters, Michael. <laughs> and then we'll talk All about right. I'm ready. some newcomers, uh, freshmen to look out for some surprises. Um, but let's start with the starters. Uh, start with the rotation because losing Hunter Dobbins kind of hurts there. Um, but you're, you're still looking at, at Micah Dallas being a big part of that. Um, Mason Montgomery probably gonna have a role in that. The big thing that we're, we're just unsure of, and this is pretty typical with Tim Tadlock is there's not a whole lot of set depth and rotation stuff going into the season, even going in, into a weekend. Uh, he's pretty, uh, notorious for kind of tinkering with all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you haven't even started the season yet. So the guys, I'm telling you now, the guys at Dinger Derby are telling you our projections, the ideas of, okay, so from what I saw, uh, this guy was taking a lot of time at X position, looked good doing it, but that could change between uh, now and when the season starts. Um, but yeah, so the other guy that they said to look out for in terms of a possible starting pitcher is a Juco transfer, Braden Birdsell. Um, and they mentioned he, I think initially went to A&M then bounced to a Juco and is now at Texas tech and then Patrick Monteverdi. So got two new, new names and that rotation possibility, but obviously Micah Dallas, Mason Montgomery are guys that have been here for a couple of years. Um, super talented guys. Starters though, you want to look around the infield behind the plate, probably the, the guy that's closest to having a starting position nailed down for sure would be Braxton Fulford at catcher. Um, but then you look at the guys that are backing him up and you're like, we need to find space for them in the lineup, right? Nate Rombach or Bombach when he was blasting those, uh, three run home runs last year. Was that late in the season too? Did he, didn't he kind of come on late? Well, it was only like a month Oh, but yeah, the season did not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he, he didn't he didn't come in uh, right at the beginning of the season. It felt like he was kind of coming on there uh, after a couple of weeks. And then he had just was like ridiculous. I, I, I made the joke about hitting those three run home runs, but there was a stretch there where he was putting up a lot of RBIs on three run home runs. And then Cole Stillwell is considered a pit, um, a catcher, not a pitcher. But Stillwell's a guy that you'll probably see starting off at first base. Um, again, mm. because you you like his bat, you like his defense, you want him in the field. You have enough guys to rotate behind the plate that you can have him over at first base. Uh, you can rotate a first baseman over and get Stillwell behind the plate, all that kind of stuff. So first base, Stillwell, uh, backed up by Rombach. The three of those guys are probably going to be um, a pretty solid rotation of catcher first base and DH. Um, especially if Braxton Fulford is your starting catcher, I think Stillwell would be your starting first baseman. Rombach's probably got a, a pretty good shot at getting your, your DH. Some guys to look out for though. Uh, and if you go back and listen to the Dinger Derby episode, um, they mentioned Braden Runyon and um, Drew Woodcox as guys that could also fill in there at first base, especially if Stillwell is going to be behind the dish. Second base, um, there are a lot of infield opportunities, but it feels like Jace Young probably has that position squared away. Um, the thing with Young, though, is according to the, like, I, I probably say that a lot, but he played 
basically second, short, and third in fall and so far in the spring. He's a utility player. He can move around a little bit, but you'd like him at second because of who you've got at shortstop and Cal Conley. Uh, an interesting name for a backup with him, though, is Kurt Wilson, who mm. is a he's a pitcher. He's played in the outfield. I was he's, about to say, I thought he's he played hit home runs for you. <laughs> yeah. um, he was, like I said, the guy that hit the, the massive home run in the Super Regional. But Cal Conley uh, is likely your starter there at second. Sorry, at short. Third, the guys at Dinger Derby were a whole lot less sure about who this could be. But they were saying if Parker Kelly's bat, uh, especially his power, is a little more consistent, he could probably nail, that, nail down that position. And again, backups or other possibilities there. Runyon, Drew Baker, and interesting enough, Dylan Noisy, who has basically held down the center field for you for a couple of years. Um, your outfielders, though, uh, center field, likely going to be Dylan Noisy. And then it's your, your corner outfielders, right field, left field. Really depends on availability and health of Dylan Carter and Cody Masters if and when they come back. But then you've got guys like Drew Baker, who was doing a lot of good things for you last year. Uh, Max Marshock, if he can get um, his bat kind of in order, he's good on the defensive side, obviously offensively. Once he gets on base, super dangerous stealing bases. <laughs> yes. <laughs> getting around things. Well, that's, what's great about him in the outfield too, is having that speed. Yeah, for sure. Um, Runyon is also in play there. This dude can play anywhere. If there's an open spot on the, on the lineup there, Runyon's probably one of your, your first guys off the bench um, along with Kurt Wilson. Um, so like you've got a lot of good bats, a lot of good defense out there. Just kind of up in the air about like who gets where, like all these little pieces, the, the dominoes that will kind of cause everybody to kind of fall into place. Um, but you still got a really loaded roster uh, there have been comparisons to 2016 and 2017 teams in terms of like just pure talent and um, expectations um, and possibilities. 2017, remember, is the year that they thought you were you had probably your most talented team and you lost in the regional at home. Um, 2016 was the year what was that year i think you won the big 12 that year at like you you did it most dominating fashion you won like 19 or 20 conference games um so outside of those guys i know i i i mentioned a lot of like familiar names especially with with, with last season uh, if you look at the starters but some some newcomers or freshmen to look out for uh, i mentioned um Braden Runyon, obviously he's a Juco transfer and then infielder drew Woodcox, but you've also got outfielder Sam hunt that could fill in somewhere. And then you just really stacked up talent and depth and numbers in your, your bullpen and your rotation. Um, guys to look out for would be Nick Gorby, Levi Wells, Hayde key, chase Hampton, Matthew Luna, or Jamie hit. They all said were, the guys that could get some meaningful innings um, in rotation. No, not, not necessarily rotation, uh, possibly midweek games, but definitely 
uh, bullpen and relief efforts. Um, yeah. So the, like we said last week, the schedule came out 51 games opening weekend is this weekend. You're playing in Arlington. You can watch this tournament on flow baseball. It is a monthly subscription. So even though you want it for three days, you have to pay for the entire month. It is $30. But the thing is you do in this tournament, you get six of the top 10 teams in the country in this tournament. So if you watch games outside of Texas tech, you will be seeing a lot of really good baseball. It's obviously really good to get um, early season competition, um, especially in times that aren't really going to hurt your, your RPI. This is actually going to help your RPI uh, playing really powerful, talented teams. Um, playing them early in the season though, Michael, it's kind of up in the air. Like because they're the sec countries also dealing with some of this winter weather, uh, you're kind of coming into this opening weekend, probably a little more unprepared than you would hope in terms of your last minute preparations, your time out on the diamond. Um, the guys over at Dinger Derby were saying, you know, Texas tech has some, some indoor facilities they can use, whether it's a football or soccer, they can get in there um, and run around and do some things defensively, get in the batting cages, get some simulated games in for, for the pitchers, but it's just not the same as scrimmaging, uh, getting some live baseball. So. Yeah. And I really hope that these games happen because there's, there's obviously a lot of, uh, travel and infrastructure issues going on right now, particularly in DFW. Um, you know, I don't think they're being hit quite as bad as maybe Austin and Houston, but it's, it's still not a good situation there. The high of 45 on Saturday in Arlington. Um, but you know, globe life, of course, if, if they've got power and everything's good and everything, um, you know, can be hosted there, they can obviously close the lid yeah. on the, on the grill <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and at least keep it manageable in there for the players. So I'm, I'm really hoping that this tournament goes through one, because it would really stink if you dropped 30 bucks on flow baseball and, and the tournament got canceled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. That would be, uh, that's a very minor inconvenience compared to everything <laughs> else, but it's still an inconvenience. Yeah. That would be, uh, one that I would be really frustrated because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I want to drop $30 to watch three games. Cause I'm, I'm not at a spot right now where I'm available to watch a whole lot of non Texas tech related sports. Right. So and 11 AM on a Monday is not the best time to sit down and watch baseball. But so, yeah. Um, the other thing to consider though, because the sec is so crazy in baseball, they'd have dedicated indoor practice facilities for their baseball teams. So as much as you're having to deal with some of this stuff, they may be a little more prepared heading into these games, which, you know, it is what it is because a lot of times early season baseball for Texas tech is you're hosting teams from the North that are coming in from having just played practiced a whole bunch indoors, uh, maybe in a similar situation to how you're practicing and preparing now in a football or a, some kind of other indoor facility. Um, so, I mean, you just got to kind of deal with it. Everybody's kind of dealing with this weather in this part of the country. You just would hope um, to get a good weekend under your belt and get going. But 
opening day, Saturday, man. It's here. Yep. It's coming. So I think that'll be, that'll, that'll do it. I, I again, can't say enough for the depth of information and, um, expertise and scoop and all that kind of stuff over at Dinger Derby. Uh, you know, I talked for like eight minutes or 10 minutes about this stuff. There's an hour of content. Uh, Keith listened to this probably like, wow, he didn't talk about anything I did or he, talk, he gave away everything. I didn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Hopefully not. No. Cause I mean, we're talking about uh, George Watson and Mike Gustafson and Keith Patrick, like my distilled version here in 10 minutes is not what they can tell you in an hour, but I'm excited for baseball. You, you know, me baseball was my first sport. My, my first love. Um, I'm just excited, man. Can't wait. So with that, we are going to go into football. Michael, you ready? Of course. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With top. Touchdown, Red Raider! Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis! All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham! Touchdown, Texas Tech! Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Turn, So the 2021 schedule is out for football. Michael, just briefly, your your instant reaction to what you saw. It's it's what we all thought it was going to be. Uh, it's the way this round robin has fallen in uh, since we've been stuck with it. It's been a pretty much bad year, good year, bad year, good year for home games. Used to OU and AM were on the same year, I believe, and then UT and Oklahoma State were on the same year. And so it was kind of a it was kind of more fun that way. But now this is the bad year. Uh, away games are Houston, UT, West Virginia, Kansas, OU, and Baylor. And so that means your home games are Stephen F. Austin, Florida International, TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. So not just, you know, not the biggest draws to get people in the, in the stadium, but I, I think I'm most concerned with, and I, I think you share this same concern. One, Tech goes back to back Austin to Morgantown. That's not great. But also their only bye week is November 6th. That's week 10. That is week 10, friends. That is the only, there's nine straight games. And then they get one bye week and finish out the season. Yeah. And then so. they, get, they get the bye week the week after Thanksgiving, which is just totally pointless. But thank goodness they get that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 
we, we talked about last year when the schedule kind of got uh, stretched out a little bit and Texas Tech was playing in that first week of December. I was like, man, I really, I really like Texas Tech playing here. It's usually reserved for the Big 12 championship weekend. And that's that may be what they're doing here. I don't I haven't looked at the entire Big 12 schedule. But yeah, I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, oh great. So we're gonna finish the season on Thanksgiving weekend again. That that's well, you know what? And and that's right. I should take that back. That um so eleven twenty seven, every team plays, and then twelve four. December 4th, that's the Big 12 championship game. So, yeah, it's not going to be, well, <laughs> let's face it, it'll be a bye week for Tech. Either yeah. way, they're not going to be playing December 4th. But um, it, it's it's not like I thought. I thought it was going to be, you know, six teams play the following week and then the championship game or whatever it, or whatever it is. Which it has, it has been that way sometimes in the past. Um, I just, it feels really early to finish a football season Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. I wonder if they're doing that knowing that they can, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of a built-in buffer here, knowing that they could push back that championship game a week easily if they had to, two weeks if they absolutely had to, uh, in case there's still some sort of COVID issues going on. And I would anticipate there being something. Um, I don't think it'll be as jarring and as as um, altering as it was in 2020, but there will definitely be some COVID related issues this season. I just don't see a way around it. So Man, maybe I, that's it. Maybe they're building in a buffer of some sort. I would hope a year and a half into this thing, we'd have a little more control over missing out on, on scheduled activities like this. I mean, I understand we're probably gonna be at reduced capacity in stadiums and arenas. That's one thing, but your teams not being able to compete um, because of, contact tracing or uh, those being out on quarantine. Um, I mean, without getting too heavy into, into the COVID data and statistics, we don't know if there's going to be a reinfection possibility. Uh, the teams that had it in 2020 could get it in 2021 or um, vaccination status or whatever that, that may look like. I, I would just hope a year and a half in, we kind of have a much better handle on it than we did, you know, this time a year ago. <laughs> The, the, the one thing that I really liked, I didn't like about the schedule, excuse me. So I understand your, your home conference rotation has that off year and this is the off year. Mm -hmm. It really sucks that you also have like your one decent non-conference game is also a road game. Like you, you have yeah. nobody like you bring in SFA and, and FIU and then four conference teams that have owned you like, and, and, and not even like teams that you're excited to go play. Like it's a good matchup or Texas or OU or Baylor, or West Virginia that have that kind of pull. No TCU, Kansas state, Iowa state, Oklahoma state have owned you recently. And there's no draw to go see them. Like that's, right. that's not like a, like a, a mini package of SFA TCU and Iowa state that I want to go pay a hundred bucks to go see. Yeah, there's there's a good chance, and you know, people can say this how they want, but I'm I'm a realist and probably somewhat pessimistic because I have been a tech fan for 20 years, and that's what happens to us. But October 30th, Tech goes to play at Norman, which I'm sure is not going to go well. I don't like it. <laughs> and so at that point, you know, Tech will have won hopefully three games. I'm not sure they're going to beat Houston. Let's hope they beat Kansas. And so there's your three. 
And so a, a three-win tech team comes back after a bye week to host Iowa State and Oklahoma State. I don't care if the Jones is 50% capacity. We'll be lucky to see that 50% or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, Iowa State has owned us. Oklahoma State, aside from that one bizarro year, has owned tech. Well, there were two bizarro years, the the, the crazy game with all the turnovers. But like you said, it's not people aren't just tuning in to see hope that Iowa state loses every game they play like they do with Texas or, or, uh, you know, some of these other teams, Oklahoma state, it's kind of a bigger draw, but by then that's game 11. I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be pretty empty in the Jones in, in November, unless tech surprises everybody and is a two loss team coming into that. Who knows? I mean that, that stretch there kind of, I mean, Obviously, you're counting on beating SFA, FIU, having a decent shot at Houston. With any kind of improvement, you like your shots against TCU, Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. Like, you can stack up four or five wins there, right there. Like, maybe even six wins heading into the, the bye week, and and probably have a much better um, chance to pull in a decent crowd for. Iowa State, Ohio State, not Ohio State, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Or the Oklahoma State. For, for those games. But yeah, man, like if the season goes how you kind of expect, three and six at the bye week, you're like, yeah, I'm not Oof, really interested I'm in watching <laughs> Matt Campbell railroad us again because that's just what they've done. So, yeah, I, I don't like the schedule. And as me being pessimistic and I'm not a season ticket holder. So I understand like, this is not like, this is not, not my realm, but I've seen it in the past where they come out with like these really trash schedules and Kirby Hoke is like, we need you. We need you. We need you. Also, we want you to pay a hundred, hundred extra dollars this year. And I get that they're going to have that pressure the way that 2020 went, that they need to make up revenue. This is not the year to mess with the ticket prices. And I, I would feel for, for season ticket holders and people that work in the, the, the ticket office have to go back and like, hey, you want to renew at a higher rate for this garbage schedule. And we may not be any good this year. And you didn't get to go to the games you you um, signed up for last year. Yeah. like, Hey, guess what? You missed out on, on, on Texas and Oklahoma. This year we can offer you SFA, TCU, and Kansas. Three teams that were purple. You excited? <laughs> you ready? Let's do this. No, that's not how it's going to work. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that there's not a, a significant raise. I just I, I just don't see how there won't be because there always is. It's just kind of like inflation. Ticket prices just get higher no matter what. Uh, and I, I also wonder what the stadium capacity is going to be because I just threw out 50% earlier thinking, well, it's, it'll definitely be more than 25. And would it be 75? It could be, but I'm thinking... 50 is probably more realistic to guess right now. I, I don't know. I don't know what the actual percentage will be, but I, I would be quite surprised if it's just, hey, everybody show up full full capacity, 65, 70K, however many we can fit in here. Let's do this. Yeah, I, I, I know that with um, here locally with the governor's order being lifted um, when we, we had our COVID inpatient hospitalization rate dropped below 15% for seven straight days 
which took a hundred days to get back under that after, after this started. Um, you kind of think on, on this trajectory that we should be good to, to be re- kind of heading back towards at least being allowed to have normal looking public gatherings. Um, still interesting in my mind to think of like how this past year has changed perceptions on that completely. Like, you know, I don't know if I'd want to eat a piece of birthday cake that somebody <laughs> else had blown on to blow the candles out. Um, thinking about only the spit they, they put on it. Um, I don't know if I want to be in a big crowd. Like I'm, I don't know. I, and, and that's me, right? There's 250,000 sure. people here in Lubbock and hundreds of thousands of tech fans. And some of which would be willing to, to, to travel in and, and, and fill a stadium. But yeah, I just don't know how it's going to look. This will be the, this will be the first time. And I don't know how many years, Spencer, I have not gotten sick in the winter so far. Knock on wood. Usually by now I would have had something, some sort of sinus infection, something, nothing yet. And I think a lot of it's just that it, it does make you question, huh? Maybe, maybe I don't want to go to that buffet um, ever again. Or maybe if I do go to the movie theater, I, I want to never touch anything at the, and, and just wear, have sanitizer everywhere. Or maybe I never want to go to an arcade again. Ever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's just yeah. so many things that were taken away that you kind of look back and oh, man, man, that might be for the, for the greater good, at least for my personal health and maybe my family's health, not get sick three or four times a year, may not have to go to the bounce house where we all bounce around in this germ swarm with other toddlers and then wonder why we're all sick three days later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Michael, did you know that we have spring football and I'm not even talking about Texas tech spring practice. I'm talking about like actual competitive football. We're actually in week two. Week one kicked off last week. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Thrilling double overtime victory. McNeese defeated Tarleton state 40 to 37 in double overtime. Week two is upon us. Have you looked at this schedule? It's in in the show notes. I, I pulled it up right now. Spring twenty twenty one. Okay, games starting on Friday the nineteenth. You, you ready for this? Lincoln, Missouri yes. at Nichols. Pass. South Dakota State at Northern <laughs> Iowa though. Sign me up, man. ESPN Plus. I'm all over it. Saturday, a full slate, dude. Morehead State at James Madison. James Madison's pretty good. Are uh, they Davidson and Elon? I, I know an Elon player from TikTok. That means something, right? Sam Houston state at incarnate word. No, I've heard of them. Northwestern state them. at Lamar. I know both of those teams or all four of those. Tarleton state again at New Mexico state. There's even games on Sunday. Incarnate word is around San Antonio, right? Yeah. That's where uh, Eric Morse went. I, I, and they're going to play football there. <laughs> yeah. At two o'clock on Saturday outside. Maybe they're so going to be in the spring football when it's 15 degrees outside. <laughs> maybe incarnate words got the pull to get in the, the Alamo dome. I don't know. Oh, that's true. That's true. There, there's a chance there. Yeah, there's a chance. So yeah, guys, <laughs> girls, spring football's upon us. One, I can't wait for some Texas Tech spring football, but competitive football, if you've got ESPN Plus, I've got games for you to watch, man. 
Yeah, they do. They've got a, I mean, like you said, it's a full slate and, and we're talking kickoff times. You, you can watch several at the kickoff times that these are Eastern. So I'm going to have to do some quick one hour math, but pretty much <laughs> kicking one. off at 11 a.m. And then they've got kickoffs, three kickoffs at 12, 1230. Then they've got two at one and then one at two and one at three. And oh man, it's just so much football on a Saturday. So you can even get to the Sunday football. I know. I, I, there are a couple there, but yeah, I was like, as much as I'm looking forward to spring practice for Texas Tech and hopefully hearing some news about our man, Sonny Cumbie, being saving the offense, um, competitive football is here. And it's not football I would have watched in the fall. I, I might not. watch it now. No, I don't know. There's, there's plenty of baseball and basketball on that. Um, I have my attention. But guys, bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It's there guys. Football might be over. If you're considering uh division one and NFL, these teams are definitely playing, but the NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Spencer, I don't know about you, but when I buy a pair of sneakers, I hang on to them way too long. I let them just basically rot off of my feet. So I may need to check out this eBay stuff because uh, eBay has all sorts of sneakers that you can check out from rare dead stock to the latest released. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has, has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for, well, you know, more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers. Check it out, guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. 
Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Michael, you ready to talk hoops? I think so. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. basketball 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 TCU games like we mentioned earlier you were supposed to play them back to back this week Monday Wednesday it's now going to be just Thursday um so far in a we yeah in a weird like circus circulation we'll, we'll play there no you'll play here no we'll flip flop so yeah so now Thursday you're playing in Fort Worth I believe right Yes, in so, Fort Worth. But yeah. then there was just there was just a, a tweet today, right before we started, from Drew Davidson uh, with the Star Telegram saying that the game between TCU and Tech is expected to be postponed. I haven't seen anything saying for sure. 
if um, if it's actually been postponed, but there's a good chance it will be. So that's fun. Um, not in the sense that like Baylor has a whole bunch of games, but like missing out on two games versus TCU and at least one game versus Iowa State, you're like, man, could really use those games. Yes, um, definitely. Whereas like, you, you know, we mentioned this last week, Texas Tech is missing a couple of games versus teams at the bottom of the conference. Baylor's missing six games from the top of the conference. Um, so, you know, when, when you finish the season and, and you're missing games, you're like, yeah, I mean, what could our record have been? Have we played all the games and played all the, all the teams that we were supposed to? I, I think it's probably a little bit easier for, for Texas Tech to say, you can add those three as wins. Probably maybe like conservatively say we probably win two of the three of those games. Um, but like Baylor, like missing games, two versus West Virginia, one versus tech, one versus Oklahoma, one versus Texas. Like you, you can't, you can't chalk any of those up, man. You're like, you have no idea where they would land. And, and again, like, Missing that many games against the top half of the conference, I don't think you can just give them like a regular season conference title. Um, they, I, they, I agree. I, I don't know how they're going to handle that. They, they may have the most wins or the best win percentage, but like I would have a hard time being like, oh, Baylor's the, the Big 12 champ this year. But like, but they played nobody. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet that's what will happen is that they will just go be, be crowned the champ just because of winning percentage. But ooh, that's just, just, just not going to sit well. That's not going to sit well with, you know, you know, the Texas techs of the world or the OUs, which kind of have come out of nowhere. And, you know, Texas, of course, it's, it's just not going to sit well with West Virginia. Who's played all of these tough teams. Yeah. So you speaking of West Virginia, you want to talk about that game? Not really, but I think we should. <laughs> Cause it, it ended, I didn't even, I kind of wanted to go back and listen to us, even though I rarely like to go back and listen to us. <laughs> but, uh, because that game ended as we were wrapping up the podcast and, and trying to live cover live the, uh, Chris Beard ejection and how he was, pantomiming calling a timeout on the floor and how none of the announcers, when I went back and rewatched that, I couldn't believe that none of the announcers really caught on to the fact that he was explaining emphatically to the refs that the West Virginia player who was quote unquote fouled on that last possession was calling a timeout before there was even time for a foul to be committed. That was obviously what Beard was arguing. And if you look at the action that McCuller does, like, I don't know how you could call a foul on him. No, that he wasn't was, a foul. He just kind of reached down. He was standing over the It was the like player. he was trying to tie his shoe or something. Yeah, so I, I don't remember who had the ball. McBride, maybe. He had the ball, but he was legit, like, spread out on the floor, had the ball, like, under his chin. His arms were wrapped around it, verbally calling for a timeout. Chris Beard across the court said that he could hear it. McCullough basically standing with his feet behind McBride's elbows, basically. So he's kind of straddling him and he reaches down, has a hand on the ball. Like he's trying to tie it up maybe uh, to get the, the, the jump ball or something. He's called for a foul and Chris Beard loses his mind. 
Yeah, and it was one of those whistles you kind of can understand. I'm trying not to do this because there were 49 fouls called in this game, but you can kind of understand why a ref would be quick to blow a whistle there because he thinks it might be an intentional foul. Um, And, you know, at that point it was, what, a five-point game? So an intentional foul wasn't crazy to think or seven-point, whatever it was. And I can kind of see that, but, um, you know, obviously Chris Beard thought differently and let him know. And then we got to see for three days, maybe more than that. I think I was still seeing stuff on Friday, the clutching of the pearls of a lot of people on Twitter who just could not believe the the way Chris Beard behaved and how he was not fined. And why is this acceptable? And let me remove my monocle and talk more about (laughs) college basketball. So I imagine every person I interacted with that was saying Chris Beard should be ashamed and embarrassed sounded exactly like like, like how you just talked. (laughs) Um, That's how I read it. And I think the deal was there was some initial reaction, right? Like, oh my gosh, like he's making a fool out of himself because what you saw from SportsCenter, because it got picked up on SportsCenter that night and it got played again the next day, started with Chris Beard coming up the sideline or, you know, how you want to call that, to the, the, the table there, screaming at officials. So obviously, like, you don't get the call. You don't get the Mac McClung foul from like 30 seconds previously, where again, he may have touched the player. Maybe I, I couldn't tell if he even made contact, but he got called for a foul. Ooh. So there was no context. Right. And you get a bunch of people. Oh my gosh, Chris Beard. He should be, he should be setting a better example for his players. He should not be acting this way. He should be so embarrassed, so childish, blah, blah, blah. The majority of the guys that were talking like that, were either a former official or in some way affiliated with officials. Yes. The one I interacted with the most supposedly according to his Twitter bio is the Sunday night football rules analyst. Okay. So what is an NFL rules analyst doing weighing in on a college basketball head coach's actions? There's no crossover there, right? He's not even local to this area. Um, but he was He's just he taking was up so, a side on the on the official. And that, so, so that that's, that's what got me. Most of it was, you, it didn't matter what what had happened on the court to these guys. Th- there's no possible way that that officiating could have or should have played into how Chris Beard acted. It was. Chris Beard should not have acted that way. He's an idiot. And then we got when the Big 12 released their letter and and Kirby Hocutt released his letter that they were gonna they were gonna have a public rec- reprimand, which is soft, but I can kind of see where they're coming from because when when you get the 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 context there, especially in Kirby Hocutt's letter, like one we don't believe like he he blatantly broke any rules, but also like in the five years he's been here, he's not picked up one technical and then he got hit with two in like 30 seconds time. Like, yeah, this is not how Chris Beard is. Like he's fiery and he will like, he will let you know about something, but immediately let it go and get back to coaching. Right? Like we've seen that he'll yell at a player even or an official he drops it, but then he moves on immediately. He did not move on. 
So like he was fired up. He was incensed. Um, and again, because I like to complain about officials, it's kind of my thing. I sided with him. I, I just lost patience and endurance talking to people like that, that could not fathom that there was any kind of context pre Chris Beard screaming at an official that yes. would have any kind of impact on why he did what he did. It didn't matter. He should, he should be better than that. He's a player. He's a coach should teach the young men better. Blah, blah, blah. It's like one, he's standing up for his team. We're getting screwed by referees. This is, ha- this is what happens when you play West Virginia. You get an F ton call number of calls. And you know, for uh, the team that typically enjoys the foul and the free throw shot advantage in Texas tech, having a team take nearly 30 more free throw attempts than you should say something like there's a disparity there. Like it being a couple of free throws or a couple of fouls off. That could just be like an off night, right? Like you're just being a, you know, a little more aggressive, a little more careless, whatever. But West Virginia shot 29 more free throws. Sorry, 19 more free throws than you did 19. Yeah, that's 10 more fouls at least. Well, and the last, um, I, I am not positive on this cause I remember this, it's been a week since all this went down, but, uh, Texas Tech's last points, um, not their last points, but close to it. I think West Virginia's last 12 points were all free throws. West Virginia did I'm, not hit I'm, f- I'm going through here to try to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. On the flip side of the game that you did in West Virginia, West Virginia did not hit a field goal the final three minutes, 18 seconds of this game. When you hold a team without field goals the last three minutes of a game, you should feel pretty good. But no, <laughs> it was all these dang free throws. You ended the game, Texas Tech ended the game one of nine from the field. Granted, a lot of it was scrambling around trying to take some last minute shots or hurrying to get shots. But yeah. Um, so all the old white men standing up for the officials with no context, shove off. Stay in your lane, especially <laughs> a sun, an NFL Sunday night rule, Sunday night football rules analyst. Nobody cares what you have to say. <laughs> Nobody cares that you think Chris Beard should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. Also, <laughs> don't transfer your feelings of how you would feel had you acted that way to somebody else. Because again, you have no context. I, I wanted to talk a little bit because yes, the officiating was suspect, but you sus does because I, I put together a spreadsheet. I did some maths and I did this last week after the game. Yeah, I remember does this. Texas Tech have a three point percentage defense defense problem. Yes, because I wanted to sh- I wanted to share this with you. I'm not going to go through every single number, but I looked at. Um, and I think I talked about doing this last week on the podcast. I looked at every big 12 game that tech's played so far this year. I compared their three point percentage against tech in that game versus as of last week, their season three point percentage. And out of those 11 games, seven times these teams shot better against tech than they did in their season average. And we're not talking about just a little bit. Um, let's see. Oklahoma, they shoot 33, they shot 40 against Tech. 
OSU shoots 34. They shot 42 against Tech. Uh, Texas shoots 33. They they shot a whopping 52%. West Virginia, get these two. West Virginia shoots 37%. They shot 63% against Tech in Morgantown and 50% against Tech in Lubbock. Kansas State, even though Tech won that one sort of handily, shoots 30%. They shot 45 against Tech. Overall, all of these teams... If you do an average, they shot, let's see, seven percentage points higher against Tech than they do against every other person they've played. If they play, um, you know, all of these teams averaged, their average three-point percentage is right at 35%. All of these teams, when they play Tech, average three-point percentage is right at 41. Good Lord. What is happening? Is it luck? I feel like we're getting... I don't think these are open three, Spencer. What is going on? Is it just something in the water? <laughs> I don't know because like it's one thing for, for a team to be hot, which we we felt in that first half against Texas, like they just couldn't miss, right? They, they, they hit. Yes. Understand teams get hot. But when legit every team in the conference shoots nearly 10% better from three when they, they play you, I would think, okay, so maybe that's, that's, it's a tactical problem. Like you have a problem closing out on three point shots or you're, you're over committing to your, your no middle defense and leaving guys open. But you look at a lot of their shots and you don't feel like so many of them are open. No. So I, I, <laughs> I mean, it has to play into that luck at least a little bit. Um, and I don't know how much the, the expected make of a shot versus if a team actually makes that shot is fed into the Ken Palm luck rating, which we, we talked about Texas tech 278th, most unluckiest team, most unlucky <laughs> right. team. Um, you figure that's gotta be part of it. You, you would think that the comparison of how a team shoots against everyone else versus how they shoot against you. And then all of a sudden there's seven percentage points higher against you on average that is not, that's unlucky. And, and you are the 17th ranked defensive team in the country, according to Ken Palm, but you can't stop the three. You're allowing 42% almost from three against big 12 opponents. Jeez. I mean, that's gotta stop. Please, please someone help us. Someone help that stop. It's possible that in year five, people are kind of picking up on the Chris beard and Mark Adams defense. Like, because they are so committed to not giving up easy shots and easy drives in the lane that like there's going to be some shots open, but dang, I don't, you, you have good defensive nights and then you look at the, the opposing team's three point. You're like, but dang, they hit <laughs> like West Virginia here. Um, yeah. last week, 50%, they hit 50% and shot almost 50% from the field. Yes. How how is such a good defensive team unable to contain this? Someone smarter than me is gonna have to figure this out. Yeah, I, I, I it's not me. Um, across the board and the polls, rankings, whatever you want to call it, Texas Tech dropped. Uh, I mean, except for e, ESPN's BPI, everything else uh, fell at least a couple of spots. 
uh, you went from seven to 15 in the AP poll. I felt that was a bit harsh after, um, yeah, <laughs> the way that game went and, and you're missing games, uh, to, to, to not help your, 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 your shots here. But, um, Ken Palm, you went from 16 to 19 has the metric 17 to 19. You stayed at number 10 in BPI. Your net rankings went from 12 to 14, which is probably the more, um, important one of the bunch. It still has you in that four seed uh, area, three, four. That's a four seed. I, I can do my math. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, again, I hate that we're, we're missing games against TCU and Iowa State. Because if you don't get your game against TCU, it will have been a week and a half since you played and you're going on the road uh, to Kansas. Um, who is... As much as they've been struggling, they haven't fallen that far. Uh, blind squirrel finds a nut every, every once in a while, right? They, they beat Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or somebody decent not that long ago. Um, according to Ken Palm, they're up to the 24th. Um, their offense is, is, is a little bit better than yours at 42nd, where Texas Tech is 53rd. Defense is right there at the same. You're 0.4 points off. Where you're seventeenth, they're eighteenth. They play quite a bit faster than you do. Almost three more possessions per game. Um, I mean, I just I don't like being off this long and then having to go on the road at Kansas, even though that they've been struggling the past month or so. Feels like maybe they're kind of turning things around and getting things going again. Yeah, I mean, it, Kansas was able to kind of reset a little bit with two games against Iowa State. Uh, prior to that, they beat Oklahoma State, and they lost to West Virginia the week before that. Um, so they're on a little 3-1, no, 4-1, because they beat Kansas State before West Virginia. So they're on a 4-1 run right now. But since those wins are, you know, three of the four against Iowa State and Kansas State, and then they play Kansas State again tomorrow in Manhattan uh, before coming to Tech, uh, yeah, they're not going to make any headway in the rankings necessarily, but yeah, they're, they are probably working out some kinks and we'll be ready to host tech this Saturday. If that still, um, happens, I'm assuming it would, I think logistically it, things should be able to, should be good to go to get up to Lawrence, but you know, we'll see. And then after that, you're on the road Monday night in Stillwater, uh, to take on Oklahoma state. They are the 44th, 44th best team. Um, so again, like they're, they're not as bad as you kind of thought they may have been this season. Um, they still pretty heavily rely on Cunningham and he's a really good freshman, but he's still a freshman offensively. They're 84th. So that doesn't scare you. Uh, except, you know, when referees give them threes <laughs> and extra shots and, <laughs> Uh, the defense though, I mean, it feels like every team in the big 12 plays just ridiculous defense. They're the 20th ranked defense, uh, 91.5 points per hundred possessions where you give up just 91, just a 10th of a point behind Kansas. And they play ridiculously fast. Um, their tempo is ranked 49th, uh, just over 71 possessions where you have 66 so they're going to want to move the ball. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Monday. Your, your, your schedule, I guess for Saturday, Monday, 
Uh, there's a game that may or may not be played Thursday. Um, one thing, and I, I hate to like jump all the way back uh, into baseball really quickly, but the <laughs> tailgate dinner or whatever they call that is a virtual event that's been scheduled for Wednesday night. It was supposed to be Tuesday night, but with the basketball schedule getting shifted, they they moved that back as well. Um, it used to be hosted at Kegels and Keith and I have yes, been. It was, I know it was at Kegels last year. Yeah. Keith went last year. Yeah. We, we, I, I've gone in the past couple of years. Um, it'll be a virtual event Wednesday night in between all the, the basketball games. Um, yeah. So maybe a Thursday game versus TCU. Uh, but you got three road games at TCU, at Kansas, at Oklahoma State. Um, little tough stretch here. So definitely, yeah, three games in a row. And and let's not forget, I just pointed this out earlier. Oklahoma State shoots is a thirty four percent three point shooting team, but they shot forty two percent against Tech. Maybe Tech will be able to slow that again down this time. Yikes! Come on, man. All right, you ready to get to what we learn? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's wrap this thing up, man. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So first off, um, I feel like we did talk about Little League last time, and I, I told everybody about the draft. And just like everything else, we've um been delayed. We wanted to start practice this week. We're going to try to go out tomorrow night, Wednesday night to a batting cage. So we can go be, we can be indoors and still get some practice in. Um, I don't have anything else besides I'm just ready to go, man. Um, and I'm also one of those, those guys where it's like, I know incremental improvements in, in baseball gear for a six year old is not really that big of a deal, but I want to go get it. Grace and a new bat. I feel like, Oh, that's fun. It's a new year, new bat. It's like Big, a rite of passage, man. How, how's he on glove? Does he need a new glove yet? Well, so he got a new glove one. Cause he played with the same glove ah. the first two years, but it was one of those fake leather plastic gloves. And sure, he basically yes. pulled the stitching out at the end of last year. So like the fingers were starting to come apart. I was like, <laughs> it's a trash glove to begin with. So I'm not really worried about it, but like stop messing with your glove. It's got to last in a couple of games. Um, but yeah, so he's got a new glove. It's, it's, it's really nice. Uh, I'm still trying to like break it in. Right. I've, I've tried some oil, uh, the baseball glove oil. Uh, I've tried like a big band around it with the ball. Anyways. Um, I feel next though is a bat, but then I was like, really not going to make that big of a difference, but I still want to do it. It's like, I understand spending money on a bat makes no difference, especially for him playing. Like This should be a pretty competitive league at this age. And he's gonna be one of the younger, smaller kids. I just, I don't know, man. I have, I have, a, I have sort of a little league update. I was talking to my wife recently about, um, and she brought it up, which I think is great. Getting our four-year-old, our little girl, a T-ball set. Hmm. Nice. And I think, I can't remember if she ordered it or we just looked at one and decided on one and she was going to wait a little bit. But anyway, that's coming in. So we may be out on in the backyard practicing some swinging because this, this girl has, she has some energy, man. We got to do <laughs> nice. something about this energy. We've been in this house <laughs> for a long time and we can't get her outside. Um, so we can't wait to get outside and hopefully hit some T-ball. Um, she's even gotten to the point where 
she's competitive with how she throws her dirty clothes in the hamper. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, like she changes, she changes out of her dirty clothes and puts on her, her, um, pajamas and she has her dirty clothes in her hands and she makes me play quote basketball with her and she has to get by me to the dirty clothes hamper and then throw the clothes in the dirty clothes hamper. <laughs> but I'm on defense and I'm always, I have to give a hundred percent effort. Otherwise this will, she will drag this out as long as possible. <laughs> so anyway, nice. I think she's going to be competitive too. And we may have to uh, share some updates on, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you're a coach. I may have to get you over here at some point and, and, and have some, have some pointers on her, on her swing. I don't, I don't even know what hand, I don't know if she's right-handed or left-handed and she uses both. It's like, she just gets tired of coloring with one hand and then she just switches to the other and <laughs> just starts coloring with that one. So I never know. Being ambidextrous is not bad. Uh, I agree. I, I'm not, I have not encouraged a thing. I haven't said one way or the other, anything about it. You know, the, I'm right-handed. So she may just pick up on me using my right hand. But aside from that, I don't, I'm not like, well, you really should probably lean towards. She just does whatever she wants. So we'll, we'll see what comes of any of this. Probably not much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fun. Um, and I don't know how much you guys want to be getting out, but I, I, I feel like I probably said this. Grayson recently started karate or martial arts or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's a good, I, the classes are a little short for my liking. They're only 30 minutes. Um, but for kids that age, like they stay really active and they're running, they're usually running around a little bit. Um, it's obviously a pretty physical, uh, activity. Grayson's been enjoying it and he's been coming home and practicing unprompted to his kata forms, which is kind of fun to like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think she would. I really think she would go for that. We, before all of COVID happened, we had her in some dance classes or she was kind of getting that. I think she would definitely get it now. She's almost a year older. <laughs> um, so I, she just, I think she's going to latch onto something. We're just trying to offer her some options and, and kind of see what sticks. Cause man, does she just love to exert some energy, which is great. It's, it's great, but then it's also exhausting. Yeah, man. As any, as any parent knows. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's what I had. I, I was going to have a little winter weather update, but I think we, we kind of covered that at the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I have uh, the only update I have. You, you have a surprise food is, here. I have a surprise for you. Okay. I, on the way home from work today, it was snowy and I saw that Whataburger was open. Do they have a ridiculous line? No, because, well, my office was kind. They let us out early today. So I pulled in at about four. Oh, wow. And off early. they had the mushroom Swiss burger. Have you seen this thing? So I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. Well, there's, um, it's the sauce that kind of gets it. Um, I, I just, I thought, well, I don't know what my wife would like. And I saw that and I thought, well, I think she would like that. And so I took a gamble. And so I got her that and I've got the green chili double for myself because stop I mean, because of course, anyway, the mushroom Swiss was really good. It was, she let me have a bite. It has this au jus sauce on it, which almost tasted kind of like a pepper brown gravy. 
Okay. That Which makes sounds, sense. it sounds better than I probably described it. It was really good. So is it like a Salisbury steak on a bun with some cheese? You know, Salisbury steak, that's probably, I mean, of course their, their patties better than oh, Salisbury sure. steak yeah. quality, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, I could, I could see that it was kind of like that, kind of like a smothered steak on a, on a bun with some Swiss cheese. Anyway, if you, if you're up for trying something new at the Whataburger, well, not see, a sponsor. <laughs> here's the thing. When I, when I go there, I usually have a couple things in mind. Um, and it's coming up on that time for the Buffalo ranch chicken strip sandwich. Oh, I wanted to, that's, that's, I think between that and the Monterey melt, those are my wife's two favorite things and they didn't have either one. So here's, here's a trick though. If you order on the app, you can kind of build your own Buffalo chicken strip sandwich because they do a honey barbecue. Just take then off they the have barbecue that one and sub in the Buffalo. What, what, what usually happens is that they give you the container of Buffalo and you can get a container of ranch. You have to make it yourself, but you still get the same, you know, you can sub the toast to a bun or vice versa. Anyways, yeah, I was about to say, cause I think the Buffalo one is on a bun, right? But the, I can't hun- remember the barbecue a- ones on toast. Either. It, it, it all sounds good. Uh, <laughs> Agree. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. So we, we've been, we've been trying to be a lot better about when we eat out to, we're, we're trying to limit it to once per week. So when we do go out to eat, there's very little adventure. It's like, okay, this is the one time we eat out this week that I have to go to like an old favorite and have to be confident what yes. I'm going to get. I'm not trying anything new. So don't, don't put any new stuff on me, Ricky Bobby. I just need, <laughs> I need the basics. I need the hits. I'm only listening to the radio once a week. I don't want to try this EDM band of band. This band? No, they're not bands. Anyway, group. <laughs> uh, uh, digital artist. Artist. I'm sure they'd go for there artist. There you go. EDM yeah. artist. So <laughs> that's all yeah, I got. I, I, like I said, we're, we're trying to be a little healthier and spend a lot less money on food. That'll do it for us. 23 personal podcast. Looking forward to baseball basketball spring football is out there if that's your game uh that'll do it 23 personal podcast we'll catch you next time thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the texas tech red raiders you can connect with us on twitter at 23 personnel spencer at punt suck and michael at michael underscore lbk and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on itunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts remember to tell your friends about the show The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.